0: Hello and welcome back once again to the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast. This is episode 181, John and Wendy talk to Mandy Johnson. I'm your host, John.
1: And I'm Wendy. How are you, John?
0: Wendy, I am well. Kind of off cycle for us for this episode. Excited, though, that this is being sponsored once again by our friends, our new friends and an old face at Namely. Really excited to be uh, continuing that relationship with Namely throughout the month.
1: Very much. So excited to be back with them. Um, I think we've got a lot of great stuff planned for the month, and I'm glad that they get to be a part of it.
0: Amazingly enough, we are at a point where not only are we fortunate to be sponsored by others, yes. we are at a point where we are sponsoring things now. Yes. And I, I know you want to share. This is a, a super cool thing that we're getting to do.
1: Yeah, I am very pumped that, uh, to share that uh, we are going to be a sponsor at Disrupt HR in Brookings. We're excited to bring it back, um, get together with people. And we decided that we're going to have it outside so we can be a little bit safer. Being outside in September in South Dakota means it can be a little bit hot. So I decided to throw, uh, HR Social Hour in as a sponsor for water. So uh, the girls and I will get some HR Social Hour stickers and switch out the bottled water from Walmart, throw our own sticker on it. And we are going to be one of our sponsors for Disrupt HR. Y'all know I'm a huge proponent of Disrupt HR. I've been doing it here in South Dakota for this will be our fourth one. And maybe someday we'll get John out here to participate in uh, South Dakota's Disrupt.
0: <laughs> I'm a huge fan of Disrupt. I'm really glad that we were able to do this. Yeah. Small token of, of giving back to a part of our community. We've talked about water so much lately as it seems <laughs> to be in everybody's <laughs> bottle, cup, glass these days. It only seemed appropriate. Sadly, it's not the social hour ale. You never know. That might be down the road. Someday. We will have links in the show notes to get registered for that event in Brookings. So if you're in the area, wherever it may be, and you, you want to get your disrupt fix, here's your chance. And hopefully you'll you'll join join Wendy and and the disrupt gang and and get a bottle uh, of water as a keepsake, if anything else.
1: Oh, exactly. You know, it it lasts forever, according to those that look at recycling, right? So. <laughs> But uh September second, four thirty PM is when we will be every get every getting everything kicked off. So yeah, if you're in the area, we'd love to see you there.
0: Wendy half jokingly said a little bit earlier, we are recording with someone in the future. And <laughs> we have been so incredibly fortunate to expand our community and our world literally with guests from all over. And yep. so Mandy is joining us from Australia. I think Love she's it. in competition with, there's one other person, I think they were recording in New Zealand at some point, I think, I, I'm still not real clear where they were. However, Mandy's starting her day with us, so it is the future there. No more talk, let's make the introduction and get started.
1: So excited to welcome Mandy Johnson to the show. She is a best-selling business author and advisor, and the former co-founder and director of the UK operation of Global Travel Giant Flight Center one of only a handful of Australians to present at the Asia Pacific talent conference. Mandy has also been interviewed for her innovative business ideas on media, such as sky business news, the ABC and Qantas in flight radio. Mandy's mission is to make work better for everyone, and her latest essay on the future of work now features as an introduction to Wiley's Australian and New Zealand high school textbook. Mandy, welcome to the show. So excited to have you with us. We've been getting to know you for a while now, but um, our first question always, what is in your glass?
2: I'd like to say it's an espresso martini, Wendy, but uh, it's only 6 a.m. in the morning here, so uh, it's really a pretty boring apple and ginger tea at the moment just to wake me up.
1: Well, it's a, if it was espresso, wouldn't that be good for a morning pick-me-up? Yeah, I just thought about <laughs> <the> martini
0: bit. <laughs> a component of it at least, right? A component yeah. of that drink would be... <laughs> Well, Mandy, again, we just cannot thank you enough. We have been working together to figure out time zones and make this thing happen. We have you here now. Of course, we always ask what's in your glass. But then, you know, how exactly did you get your start in human resources?
2: I call myself the accidental HR person because it really started. I was working as a, a store leader in flight center and I went to a conference and I had too many drinks. I'm sure no, no one who's listening has ever had too many drinks at a conference. Ever? At an HR event or any event? No. no. Never. I went to the bar and I ran into my the CEO of the company there. And apparently I told him that the way that the company trained and recruited people was absolutely rubbish. And apparently I went on about this in quite long and lengthy detail that I have mm-hmm. absolutely no memory of. A few <laughs> days later, he rang me and I thought, oh, my God, for sure he's going to sack me. But instead he said, Mandy, if you think you know so much about this people's stuff, then you can start up what he called it our first PeopleWorks area. And, uh, and that's what I did. <laughs> and uh, I had no training for this at all. You know, I think I recruited about three people at the time and I'd done a journalism degree. That was about as useful as wet tissue paper. But I do believe that success is just a measure of improvement and so I just kept improving stuff and uh, fumbled my way through.
1: That is that's the... It best how i got into hr story ever uh, I, i'm gonna guess there's probably some of us that wanted to do that
2: <laughs> well it could have gone the other way you could have said so i'm not quite sure if i would recommend it to hr people as a as a you know career move
1: yeah you, you got the right person at the right time i think uh I for did. sure for that to work <laughs> Love it. Since then, um, you've gotten to learn about about talent attraction. And so you've been speaking extensively on attraction, retention, and, and you even wrote a book on the topic. How has the last 18 months affected hiring with your client base and how are you helping them navigate the labor shortage?
2: OK, well, over here, um, I don't know how much um, you can't know what's happening in Australia, but the, the government shut the borders. So. Australia relies heavily on international like backpackers and um, workers coming in. And so we're about 200,000 workers down. So we've got this massive, massive labour shortage. My clients are totally distraught. You know, I had a guy ring me last week. He was a builder and he'd had four of his best project managers poached in a week. So lost four you know, straight away, I've got um, manufacturing clients and because of COVID, everyone wants to do their manufacturing in the country now, but of course they just can't get people. Probably the worst I've ever seen dairy farmers here, you know, same thing, you know, I had a woman sobbing the other day because, you know, she's just got three kids and her and her husband are doing all the milking because they just can't get um, people. So it's pretty dire and everyone's, uh, I think the, the good thing, the upside of this is that because people are being forced to innovate, you know, it is making work better for everyone. And just to give you an example, um, the manufacturer I was talking to, I suggested to her to try and set up her business the way that people prefer to work. So what she did was she now opens her warehouse from seven in the morning till, uh, sorry, from five in the morning till seven at night, and her people can come and do their eight-hour shift any time in that day. And so instantly she employed 13 people the following week after she'd done that because people could decide, oh, look, today my kid's playing footy after school, so coming in in the morning, or if they'd had a big night out the night before, they'd come in from 12 till 8. So, you know, it it gives people that flexibility that they like. So in some ways, it's kind of forcing employers to be more flexible. And I think, you know, from that point of view, it's actually um, quite a good thing, but it's sort you know, we, we are in pretty serious straits here if that border doesn't reopen, you know, pretty soon.
0: What does that look like, Mandy, in terms of you know, we are seeing a lift again, new versions of coronavirus that are popping up and causing a lot of issues, even for many that are vaccinated? What, what is that looking like there for you as far as are the borders going to reopen anytime soon?
2: Yeah, well, the problem in Australia was uh, we pursued the elimination approach, which was brilliant at the start. So we just we would just jump on this damn thing, lock down, you know, when it came out. And then we have been pretty free. So, so to be honest, COVID, you know, we haven't had the same. You know, when we have um, a case of COVID, it's, you know, an outrage in society here, which I'm sure for you guys must sound bizarre. But, you know, that's how we approached it. The problem is with the Delta variant, obviously that approach is struggling now. You know, I think half of Australia is currently in lockdown trying to continue mm-hmm. with this eradication approach. And I don't know whether it's going to be successful with Delta and whether we just have to accept that. But the problem for us is... Obviously, the vaccination levels are very low because Australians, there was no risk in the community because we didn't have any cases in the community. So now we're playing catch-up ball. I think from a, from the business client, you know, people try to run any kind of organisation or performing arts or festivals or anything. Um, it's just that for us, the constant lockdown, not lockdown, lockdown, which could happen at any time, is, is just like playing Russian roulette. So um, you know, we've just come out of a one-week lockdown, but, you know, who knows? We could be back in one in next week. So trying to navigate around that is is pretty tough for, for everyone, employees, employers. But, you know, we can't complain compared to other countries. We haven't had the death tolls. You know, when you're going through stuff like this, you just have to be thankful for the, for the daily uh, good things that come along, you know.
0: I wonder, even when things do reopen, Is there a sense that you'll get those people back?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's it's, I don't know. I think we would get some because one of the things here, because we haven't had much COVID, I I do know that people coming in go, oh, it's so great once we get through quarantine, we're free. You know, you can actually walk around and, and, you know, live life as normal. So that's, and I think it's actually an opportunity the government has neglected because if we actually had good quarantine facilities, you know, we could have been, Taking in huge numbers of international students, for instance, and who could then, unlike their own countries, could have had you know eighteen months of freedom. What it means, though, is people have had to be far more innovative in this area, and and you know I, I must admit there's a little part of me that likes that because. I think HR traditionally, unlike other business disciplines, hasn't been very innovative. You know, if people have a, you know, if you look at people's sales in a business, if their sales are down a hundred thousand, they go, oh my God, we've got to do something about that. But if they have people problems, they go, oh my God, my people fight and they, they, you know, they don't talk at team meetings, but they do nothing, you know, I I had a great example of this when I was consulting to a, a large beef client and, you know, he complained about his supervisor's. Um, having issues all the time. And I said to him, well, you know, like they fought with all their teams and stuff. And so I said to him, well, what sort of training do you give them, you know, in this kind of area? Do you give them any people training or communication? Or, And he looked at me and he said, we don't do anything. You know, so it's, you can't, you know, with HR, you know, lots of people complain about it all the time, but they never innovate. So I think at least this is an opportunity now to say, you know, what can we do to improve? And I, I think that's an opportunity for the long-term.
0: Mandy, it's nice to know that regardless of who we talk to and wherever they may be, the problems are very, very, very much the they same. Are. <laughs>
2: they are. You know, I, I, th- I love the line the beef guy said to me, he goes, Mandy, I've realised we're not in the cattle business we're in the people business.
0: Very true. Very true. As you've been a chance to be innovative with your client base and and with seeing other HR professionals there adjust to this, what do you believe or what are business leaders telling you is going to be the challenge as things have shifted beyond the labor component? How are you preparing for that or how do you recommend that HR professionals get ready for that challenge?
2: I think one of, um, as well as the hiring, obviously retention, you know, hanging on to people and and also keeping them motivated. You know, I've had a lot of calls from past clients where during this pandemic, they've got workforces that are fatigued, that are anxious, that are upset. Um, and, you know, one of the things that I keep saying to them is you can never com- over communicate. You know, I had one and she's going, you know, we're actually doing quite well as a business, but our people are terrified they're going to be sacked. And I said, well, you know, because because of the pandemic, and I'm going. Well, why are they terrified? Why aren't you communicating? So, I think communicating is a is a really big. You know, even every week, if if your state or country is going through some pretty dire stuff, and also thinking about you know retention. If there's less people that you can hire, thinking about how do we keep the great ones we have. For me, one of the things to play with there is things like time. You know. People are so busy and stressed that time's become a real commodity. If you can actually be a little bit flexible with the way, you know, you manage time, that people can manage time in your business, like the example I gave before, then that's really, really helpful. And I think uh, also articulating better why People should work for you and coming up with extra reasons each month. You know, I had a a woman who runs a fish and chip shop down the road and she's got Mm -hmm. the best people working for it. It's a lovely, everyone goes there. And I said to her once, you know, how do you get and keep such great people? And she said, well, one of the things she did was she went to all the local employer, uh, local businesses in the area and asked for discounts and created a, like a menu card. Someone who's working there can get, you know, 5% off their alcohol at the local liquor shop or they can get a car service for 10% off or da-da-da. So, you know, being a bit innovative on how we keep our people, setting, you know, starting to look at the long game here and saying, you know, if we keep our people, you know, if you look at the um, research, it shows that, People that stay with you are far more productive than ones, you know, than if you keep turning over people all the time. So if we can get better at keeping them, then both them and the business will be much happier. And, and I, I'm very against all this casualization of the labor market because I think that's bad for both people and for business. I
1: find it interesting. I was just having a conversation about retention earlier today with someone, and we were talking people keep bringing t- problems to talent acquisition and recruitment and say, we need more people, we need more people, we need more people. And then you re- you look into it, and it's like, uh, do you really need more people coming in the door or do we need to stop them on the other side? And so trying yes. to reframe some of those conversations to talk about retention and how can yeah, be- we help.
2: Yes. And one of the things, um, you know, I consulted to a company, it was actually a big bike company, And they had, um, at the time, something like 60% staff turnover. And he wanted to talk to me about their training needs. And I said, look, can I be honest, after he talked to me a bit, and I said, I actually think you're wasting your time training these people because they're all gone within a year. Like, you know, after a year's up, um, you've lost 60% of your people. You shouldn't be training. You should be improving your, your hiring skills so you're hiring people that are better fitted to the culture and the job and you should be looking at your retention stuff so it's really interesting how owners and um, CEOs and stuff they, they kind of pick out cherry pick a piece of HR without thinking about the other pieces you know I mean one thing that I do find quite funny about COVID is For years, I've been saying to people, to owners, when I go into companies saying, you know, you need to allow people to work a little bit more from home, you know, like, and they all have said to me for years, look, this is just impossible. There's no way that our people could work from home. And of course, COVID comes along and within two minutes, everyone's working from home. I find that hilarious that, you know, we can't do it. We can't do it. We can't do it. But oh, now we have to do it. So we'll do it.
1: Yeah. But only temporarily.
2: Yeah, that's right.
1: (laughs) Mandy, we have gotten to know you recently through our Twitter chat, which we absolutely love that you are up early to participate in that. Tell us how you first found the chat and what keeps you coming back?
2: Okay, well, I'm very, I'm so pleased I did find it just to start off because I love it. But how it actually happened was when my second book came out, the publisher, I was a bit of a social media dinosaur. And the publisher commanded me that I had to familiarise myself with social media. So I approached this kind of Twitter beast and said, what do I do, you know? And I started and um, someone told me about chats. So I Googled, you know, HR chats because that's obviously the era I'm, I'm interested in and you guys came up. And I thought, oh, I'll, I'll give it a go. I'll just do one. And I think that was, I don't know, years ago now, <laughs> a couple of years at least, what I love about you, we just don't have anything like you here in Australia. It's just such a great space for people to just come together. And, you know, as um, I think John said before, we all have the same problems, you know. And so to to brainstorm and come up with ideas and just to, you know, I like the humour too. You know, you bounce off people and there's some, you know, great pictures come up. And um, so for me, it's um, always on it. Monday morning at nine o'clock. So it's a terrible time because, you know, I'm supposed to be powering into my work week. But what I do now is I get up and if I can, I um, I join in with you. And I I, I call it like, it's like my warm up to start the week. It's just been brilliant. I'm an addict. I think I think what you guys do is fabulous.
1: I love it. Well, that's what we want it to be is that warm up to the week. And we, we've got you in there.
0: I love it. Mandy, we've had an opportunity to talk to many guests outside of the United States this year. And something I've added to when we we bring somebody from outside, I'm not asking you to speak on behalf of your entire continent, but what do you believe is the biggest misconception people outside of Australia have about the country?
2: I know this one pretty well because I have traveled quite a bit and wherever I go to, people feel that Australia is just full of all these dangerous poisonous deadly creatures <laughs> and that every time we set out from our door where you know a shark will come and you know if we try and have a swim, the sharks are just going to eat us and the snakes are just so I think the misconception is how how deadly it is when when the reality when you live here is I mean you know we might see a snake every now and then but it's not like we're we're teeming with them everywhere so I've had people, my husband and I travelled around America when we first got married for about six months and, you know, everywhere we went it was like, oh, my God, you've got those really poor, you've got the most venomous snakes in the world and, you know, so, um, yeah, so I'd like to take it on and say I'm a real wildlife warrior but most of us city dwellers are not, um, you know, not completely out there like Steve Irwin or anyone like that.
1: Mandy, one of the things that we've been doing is outsourcing some of our work, and uh, we have our guests come up with a question for the uh, for an upcoming guest. Sherry Brenton asked, are you more productive in the evening or the morning, and do you think someone can change their schedule and still be successful?
2: Well, I'm definitely an early bird, as you can tell when I <laughs> start this yes. morning. I'm really productive in the mornings. You know, when I was younger, I would have said it was that I was definitely an early bird and, you know, by nine o'clock, my brain just turns to mush. (laughs) But what I found is that if you're highly motivated, it doesn't matter when. So just to give you an example, I spent about five years writing my first book part time while I was working. So it was really hard and I never told anyone I was doing it. And eventually my husband said, You've got to send that manuscript out to someone. And I had two little babies at you know, two kids, little kids at the time. And so I sent it, I just sent it off to random house. I just thought, look, I'll just pick one out of the air and send it off. I got this phone call three days later, and they were excited about it. And they said, Look, if you can do the last three chapters in three months, we want it. Which, you know, was incredibly exciting for me. But I'm such a slow writer. So three months of writing, you know, that was probably a year's work for me. So, you know, here I'd been this religion of I can only work in the mornings was my mantra. And uh, so I just started writing, you know, when the kids had an afternoon sleep, I wrote, I wrote when they went to bed at night, I wrote. So I found that if you're inspired enough, you can change your habits, but I think you have to be really motivated. And uh, James Clear, I don't know if you guys have had anything to do with James Clear, but I I subscribe to his free newsletter. He's like a habits um, he's like the expert on habits and wrote a best-selling book on it. And he's just brilliant. So I do read some of his stuff about changing habits too. But I think I think we're all sort of have a leaning towards something.
0: Well, the person that asked that question is up every day at 3.30.
2: Oh my gosh. Uh, definitely. <laughs> we agreed
0: we're not oh. we're morning people, but we're not quite that morning of people.
2: Yeah, no, that's <laughs> not my thought. <morning>. No.
0: <laughs> With that, we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back. This episode of the HR Social Hour Half Hour podcast is brought to you by Namely. It's really important to keep your employees engaged, connected, and informed, especially in this competitive job market. Namely is the only all-in-one HR solution everyone on your team will love. It's easy to use and can save your team hours each week. Namely is ideal for mid-sized businesses, whether you have 50 or even 1,000 employees. And with Namely, you'll have one centralized platform to create an employee experience that's seamless, engaging, even boosts productivity with features like onboarding, open enrollment, PTO, performance reviews, recognition, and a news feed to keep everyone up to date and interacting no matter where they are. HR professionals love it too with their HR compliance package, easy payroll processing, HR analytics, and dedicated support. Namely gives you everything your business needs in one intuitive place. To learn more about making the switch to Namely, visit Namely.com today. Thanks Namely for sponsoring the HR Social Hour half hour podcast. And now back to the show.
1: And we are back. Mandy, this is everyone's favourite part of our show, the Half Hour Question Connection. What career did you dream of having when you were a child?
2: I loved animals as a child, so I really wanted to be a vet. I thought I couldn't imagine anything better than working with animals, you know, day and night. But I think my sort of seven-year-old image of being a vet was actually just sort of cuddling cute cats and dogs and uh, Once I realized that I actually had to do stuff that was like operating on them and um, I'm quite squeamish when it comes to blood. So that uh, career path kind of went out the window once I realized it wasn't quite just having fun with the animals.
0: Not to mention you got all those big snakes.
2: Yeah, that's (laughs) right. And in fact, we do have snake doctors. here. (laughs) That's kind of ironic, but we do.
0: Who's one person you've gained your network in the last year that you think more people should know?
2: It's a girl called Yasmin, and I'm going to mispronounce her name, but her surname is Grigalia Leonis. She started up a charity called the World's Biggest Garage Sale over here in Australia. And what she does is she gets large companies like we have a sort of an office depot over here. They donate their seconds to her and she employs all these vulnerable people and um, repurposes them all. And, in fact, she's been so successful that now the office depot company actually buys the trendy recovered chairs and fixed up chairs back off her and sells them in their business. And um, she's worked so hard. Uh, She has such a vision and a mission. And she makes so many vulnerable people happy just by giving them work that uh, I just think, you know, people like that are just absolutely amazing. And and she's done it you know, really hard. She she doesn't make much money and she works, you know, incredible hours to do it. So I think a big shout out to Yasmin because I think there's very few people that really follow through and make something happen like that.
1: That's very cool. Mandy, how do you maintain balance?
2: I'm a big believer in the bucket theory. I don't know if you guys have heard the bucket theory, but the bucket theory is that, you know, our mental and physical well-being. we put stress and, you know, we might eat badly and stuff and we fill our bucket up. And, and once the bucket's full, then we overflow and we have a big meltdown. So, you know, the example is, you know, when you've been working hard and you go on holiday and you get the flu straight away, it's because your bucket's full. Once I, I kind of learned this at a conference a few, you know, a number of years ago. So now what I do is I do things to empty my bucket before it gets full. So I do lots of, I am quite a a sort of a social exercise. You know, I walk every day and I swim and that kind of thing. And, but I also try and do things like catch up with friends. And I think this has become so important with COVID is to have a bit of a laugh is just the best mental and physical uh, health exercise you can do. So Really, just whatever empties your bucket is is my um, is my belief
0: How do you enjoy giving back to the hr community
2: What I try to do so i've got a, um, I run this six month people and culture accelerator program, which is to kind of teach people how to do this innovative side of h r because h r often gets bogged down on all the compliance and administration and stuff, and this bit where which actually makes people 's lives better where you know people at work are better is is kind of neglected so I do this course and every course I do I give a free place for the six months to someone who would not normally be able to afford it so I usually it's a not for profit or something like that so I do that and also uh, it's kind of gone off a bit because of COVID but the other thing I do is I because as I travel I speak a lot at conferences and things and I talk to a lot of people. And so I meet really interesting HR people. So what I used to do before COVID was organize lunches where we just meet up for an hour. And it's it's kind of like doing what you guys do, but doing it face to face, where I would connect people that didn't know each other. And we'd have these great chats about all sorts of different aspects of HR. So but uh, it was kind of like one of the highlights for me was all the, you know, just people would come along. They just pay for their own lunch and we'd all just get together. But it was a great way to kind of share what was happening in the world and um, in the world of HR. Of course, that's much harder now. So that's where your, your kind of thing is brilliant because you can keep doing it even during COVID.
1: Most definitely. Mandy, what is your favourite movie?
2: Uh look I'm a, am a bit of a sci-fi and fantasy person so I have to say things like Lord at the Lord of the Rings trilogy you know I'm just a I'm just a fan so <laughs> uh, they'd have to be my faves
0: What's the first concert you remember attending
2: it was probably when I was at uni. I was pretty poor as a uni student, so I did four years. You know, didn't have any money for uh, concerts at that time, but I remember the Hoodoo Gurus was a really big Australia band and they came to play at my university for free. So now I look back and go, wow, we saw them for free. And, you know, a few years later they were like a world band, so that was pretty exciting for me. Funnily enough, it's probably the best concert I've been to, you know.
0: Not a name I've heard in a long time. Wow. (laughs)
2: Showing my age a bit now. (laughs) What was the last
1: show that you binge watched?
2: I really like faction. You know, when someone takes something real, um, but turns it into sort of a fictional account of it. So I loved the serpent, which was Charles Sobhraj in Thailand in the 1970s. And he was actually a, a serial killer of backpackers. But, Because I travelled a lot, not in the, mine was sort of the early 90s, but I did that whole backpacker overland from sort of Asia to London for a year. It really resonated with me because, you know, you, you sort of look at your, you know, when you were younger and you go, wow, if I'd accidentally met him, you know, how my life could have changed. So, you know, I found that quite fascinating. And the fact that he just, did this and no one you know these backpackers and a lot of americans actually i think he um, and canadians as well but you know these kids had just turned up and, you know dead and no one pieced it together for years and he just you know he was just taking all their money and uh so really fascinating and also you know because it's set in the 70s great music and stuff as well <laughs> you know, a blast from the past as well
0: is that an australian production i'm not familiar Oh, the or?
2: serpent. actually I don't think it is it okay. was a Netflix okay. um okay. so yeah I don't know it got actually maybe it got really a lot of press here before it came out maybe because you know I know even when I first went traveling my mother was terrified and said to me oh you know because they had he had you know it had been found out at that point that he'd been doing this and, you know watch out and never right. oh, don't go don't you know, friendly strangers that just, you know, they could be a serial killer and you know. so it was kind of a, a sort of part of the Australian psyche, I think, at the time.
0: Mandy, what's a hobby or a thing you really like to do that may surprise people?
2: Oh, you know, this is quite hard actually, because you kind of go, what would surprise people? I did, um, when I was younger, I rode a motorbike for about seven years before, but then I had kids and I had to give it up because I just thought oh, it's just really funny. <laughs> I love my bike and actually my kids have now just left home and I'm like oh I think I need another motorbike. (laughs) I'm also a bit of an eco warrior. We moved into where I live now we're reasonably close to the city but it's sort of in a rural valley so I do grow my own um, organic fruit and stuff so in my in my spare time (laughs) when I'm not doing HR social hour chats. and Well finally Mandy
1: As we said, we are crowdsourcing and getting some questions from our guests for future guests. So if you could ask the next guest of the podcast any question, what would it be?
2: I think I'd say to them, if you had a magic wand and you could do anything, what's the one thing you would change or do to make work better for everyone? So that would be my question, because I think people are the heart, soul and the heart and soul of every business and the profit of every business. And I don't think we appreciate that enough. So, I, you know, I think it's a question that that I would like to see our politicians and our business leaders thinking about as well.
0: The questions now in the book, I think it's a great one. Wendy, I think we may have to add that one to our answers the next time we do because uh, yes. that's a great one and a lot to think of there. Again, can't thank you enough for taking part of your early day. And and, and hopefully this maybe gets you a little more excited to, to get out there and address those issues that, that you do oh so well. Thank you for your time and for being part of the community and yeah, for being in the future. It's a lot of fun. And I know I've learned a lot today. A lot of our listeners are probably connected with you, but if they're not, Best way to reach you out there, how to get the books, anything and everything they should know.
2: Yeah, so the best way, so thank you so much for having me, first of all. Um, best way to contact me is my website, johnson m a n d y j o h n s o m dot co um, it's got all my stuff on it, um, all my blogs and everything. But also, if you need, if you want to contact me, it's got a contact thing. I'm very approachable. I love talking about HR. Um, it's got all my uh, Twitter handles and that kind of thing. So l- I'd love to connect with you. And thank you so much for having me on. You have warmed up my day. It's it's great. So <laughs> really we, appreciate it.
0: We will have that in the show notes for sure. And then, Wendy, how about you? Best way for listeners to find you out there.
1: Uh, best way is on my blog, mydailyjourney.com, daily, D as in dog, A-I-L-E-Y. And of course, the second and fourth Sunday of each month, you will find me on Twitter at 7 p.m. Eastern time as part of our twice monthly Twitter chat. And how about you, John?
0: Once again, thanks to Namely for sponsoring thanks this episode Namely. for the month month of August. We really do appreciate it. Namely.com to learn more there. And as for me, johntherman.com for all things John Thurman for the show. com. Listen, review, share, follow, whatever platform, wherever you are on the on the globe right now. Just hit that follow on that platform you're on, and, and you'll get every new episode as it comes out. International listeners, we have international guests. Yes. This is proof positive. Mandy's in the future, and you can be on the show too. Contact us because it's a lot easier for you to get to us than it is for us to get to you. Mandy can tell you it's hopefully fairly painless. We just got to figure <laughs> out the time zone. Again, Mandy, really do appreciate it. And so for the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast, I'm John.
1: And I'm Wendy. And as always, be sure to connect.
0: Give back and network. Network. Take care, everybody.
1: We'll see you Soon. soon.